This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. With a leading portfolio of products for earlier detection and treatment guidance, Exact Sciences helps people face the most challenging decisions with confidence. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Screening tests are used to find breast cancer before it causes any warning signs or symptoms, when chances for survival are highest. It's important to stay on top of your breast health by knowing your risk, getting screened, knowing what is normal for you, and making healthy lifestyle choices. Today's guest has a history of breast cancer on her mom's side and unfortunately lost her sister to the disease in 2013. Because of her family history, she started getting yearly mammograms early, and when it was determined that she had cysts, that schedule changed to every six months. Because of this commitment to screening, her own breast cancer was caught early. Here today to share her story with us and how her family has helped her through this is Terry James. Terry, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, so nice to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, So let's start with your breast cancer story. When were you diagnosed and what stage and type was it? Um, I was diagnosed in October of 2019. Um, At the time, we thought it was stage zero until after surgery, it was determined it was stage one um, ER positive. Um, I have to look at my notes. HER2 negative. (laughs) All those little numbers confuse me. But so um, stage one. Okay. And uh, and I mean, that's great that you caught it, you know, that early. I mean, that, that really shows how important testing is, right? Most definitely, definitely. Okay, and I, and I understand that you have a family history of breast cancer. Tell us about that and how it caused you to, to be looked at more closely, more closely screened leading up to your diagnosis. Sure, so um, I do have a strong family history on my mom's side. So my uh, maternal grandmother um, had breast cancer, my maternal aunt, and my sister, unfortunately. My sister passed from um, breast cancer in 2013. My grandmother and aunt also passed, but they passed from um, other health um, concerns, conditions, and not their breast cancer, but they all did have breast cancer. So that led to me, um, of course, getting my mammograms early. And then um, because I was getting them, started getting them early, it was determined that I did have cysts that combined with the family history led my doctors to recommend me to get my mammograms every six months. And that's how we were able to pick up so early. And yeah, and mammograms are just so important. We talk about that on this show all the time, but so important not to put those off. So, so tell us what was your experience like that day when your screening was different? Did you know something was off and, and kind of walk us through the emotions of that day? So that was like the wildest day ever, because since I was getting them every six months, it was just, it was such a routine, you know, like, okay, time for my mammogram, let me go up here and get it, you know, do this right quick, you know, and get on out. So I went, um, and it was sort of full that day, the breast center, um, was like, wow, it's a lot of people here. And a lot of people were in there looking, you know, a little nervous when we were, you know, in the back waiting, um, and me being who I am, I'm sort of offering encouraging words, like, you know, it's okay, you know, it'll be fine. Not knowing that, you know, in a couple of hours, I was going to be the one that needed that comforting. So I went in, got my regular, you know, mammogram like normal. Then the technician told me, you know, just wait a few minutes. And a few minutes later, they came back and got me again. You want to take another look? 
Okay, came back, waited, got me again. You want to take another look? You know, then I'm starting to grow concerned. I'm like, okay, what's happening? Uh, we just want to take one more look, just to get a different angle. I'm like, okay, so I went back in and I'm like, look, if I have to take my top off for you guys one more time, someone's going to have to start throwing dollar bills at me because this is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> you know, but I'm, you know, trying to inject some humor to calm myself down because I'm starting to get nervous. Then they wanted to do an ultrasound and I still wasn't really concerned because I always have to get an ultrasound afterwards. Like, okay, fine. When they got the ultrasound um, and the technician went out to speak to the radiologist and came back and she had a card in her hand. And I'm like, why do you have a card in your hand? A card in your hand means you are referring me to someone else. So what's happening? And she was like, yes, I'm sorry. You know, we do see a little something. We want to refer you to a breast surgeon to get a biopsy. So, you know, as soon as those words came out of her mouth, you know, of course, she can't tell me a whole lot. She doesn't know a whole lot at that point. And I'm asking all these questions of her. And she was like, well, let's you know you go see the breast surgeon and you know, we'll take it from there. So I go back to the dressing room and I'm just breaking down. I'm just shaking, you know, trying not to be up too upset because I don't want to alarm the other people and scare them and trying to keep it together. And I finally get to my car and call my husband. I'm like, you know, they found something. They think it's something there. What's going on? Da, da, da. So that day, I just, of course, I didn't sleep any that night. And the next day, I started making the phone calls, setting up appointments and so forth. But it was um, it was a terrible roller coaster that day. Mm, I, can, I can only imagine it. And tell us, I mean, you, you said you called your husband. I mean, how did your family react to the news? So um, at that point, that was just getting ready for the biopsy. And so my husband, he is a way more positive thinker than I am, more, way more logical thinker. And he was like, well, this is just the beginning. Let's see what it is. You know, don't get so worked up. Just, you know, keep it calm. Let's go to the doctor and see what they say before you get out. Just don't panic at this point. We don't know anything. This is just, you know, could be just routine. So I didn't tell anyone else at that point. Uh, I didn't tell you know, my children or anything because I didn't want to scare anybody. Like, let's get you know through this phase and see what it is. So uh, we went to meet with the breast surgeon and she outlined everything that, you know, that it could possibly be. And she was really, really positive, too. She was she was great. You know, let's not, you know, get worked up yet. You know, it could be this. It could be that. It could just be calcifications. Let's just see. We'll do the biopsy. Okay. Cool. Went for the um, biopsy, um, got that done. And then when I was going back for the results, do you want me to go into that phase yet? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, tell, tell us all about it. <laughs> okay, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the day I was going for the biopsy results, um, my husband was like, you know, do you want me to go? I was like, no, it's just, you know, it's just results. It'll be fine. People get biopsies every day. You know, no problem. Don't worry about going because, you know, in my mind, you know, and you don't really know how to handle it. People tell you to think positive, think positive, you know, and that's going to change things, you know, and just pray. But then you sort of want to prepare yourself for the potential bad news. So I didn't know what to do. Like, do I put it in my head that it's going to be something and go ahead and prepare myself? Or do I keep thinking positive saying, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing. So I didn't quite know how to feel, but I'm like, okay, I'm just going to think positive. It's nothing. Um, so go in and she comes in and she was like, you know, um, Miss James, uh, I'm sorry. We did detect that there, that it is cancer. And after that, I just, I didn't really hear anything 
she said at that point because just those words and i still hate saying that word to this day when you know i mention it to people i'll just say you know my diagnosis i still i just still hate that word so um and when she said it i just i couldn't hear anything everything she was just mumbling i mean she was talking clearly but to me she was mumbling i couldn't take anything in and she was trying to explain everything what was going to happen next and she was she was really calm really patient she would give me a little information and just kind of sit with me and pat my leg you know to make sure I understood what she was saying um that I was hearing her and I was but I wasn't and then she would give me a little more information and you know and then just wait a second and then give me a little more and I you know, I was losing it and I was trying to stay calm, but losing it at that point. And, and mm. she was awesome. Just telling me all the doctors I was going to have to see after that and, you know, the testing and everything that was going to happen. Um, I finally, you know, stumbled out of there that day, um, made it to my car and just like fell apart. Just, mm. just mm. didn't know, you know, of course I called my husband right away and he was at work in Athens, Georgia, and I was in Decatur. And he was like, okay, just, you know, just stay there. I'm almost like, no, I, I need to get out of this parking lot. I need to go somewhere. He's like, well, you can't drive. I'm like, my job is right down the street. So I drove to the parking lot of my job. And by that time, one of my coworkers, she knew what was happening. And she called me and she was like, you know, what, how did it go? What's, what's happening? And all I could say was come downstairs. So mm -hmm. she came downstairs and she brought two of my other friends. And we stood, all stood in the parking lot, the four of us, and just cried in a, in a circle. And by that mm. time, I calmed down enough to make it home, and I met my husband there, and just mm. fell apart again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, su such a such a traumatic experience for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, I'm you know, I'm curious based on your family history, uh, did you at, at any point undergo genetic testing? I did. So that was one of the um, instructions I was when she. When, was going through everything with me. That was one of the things that she recommended. So uh, maybe just a few days after that, I think I went and had the genetic testing done and got those results maybe a few days later. And surprisingly, it came back um, negative. I can't remember the name of that test right off, but that I don't have the gene because I was really concerned because I have a daughter. I have two granddaughters. I have nieces. My sister has um, daughters and they have daughters. And I was just so concerned, but knowing that I don't carry it um, was a huge relief. Because you know, of course, that fear was in me right away. Like, what about my children? Yeah. You know, right? Yeah, certainly, that's always always a key concern. Mm -hmm. So, all right, so so walk us through. You know, you you underwent treatment during the pandemic. What was that like? <laughs> so, I man, just just the way things happen. God is just so good. So when I started, went I went through my surgeries. I had two different surgeries, um, then you know, healed from that and then started my radiation. My radiation started right as the pandemic was just kicking off, just <laughs> gearing up. Um, so we were like taking precautions, but we weren't um, having to stay in or anything at that point. So of course I was going every day for radiation and everything was um, so routine every single day same time going in there then right at the end of the um my treatments is when things like really started getting serious and started to shut down and but i was at the very end of it so it didn't impact me as much as it would have if everything would have been locked down but it was just the differences of the hospitals shut down um to have everybody come into the 
one entrance so that they could monitor or screen everyone as they were entering. And that threw me off because it was such a routine to me. And then having to, the last day I went, I had to park in a different location and go in a different entrance to the center. And I just couldn't handle that. My nerves was like, no, this is not right. What is happening? What, why is this like this now? This is not how it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to park here and go at this entrance. So mm. that whole day was, I was a mess. And the radiation team, they were just you know, wonderful people, just took such good care of me every single day. When I left, I'm like, you know, I love you guys, but I just never want to see any of you again in my life. <laughs> and then that same day, so the um, radiation um, doctor, he told me, it was my last visit with him, and he told me that he was retiring and he wasn't going to be there anymore. And the same time, my doctor that I was going to start seeing after that, my oncologist, I was supposed to have an appointment with him that next day and he canceled. So to me, like my whole world was just turned upside mm-hmm. down in one day. I'm like, what is happening? And when he told me that he was retiring, I just stopped crying, just crying, just boohoo crying. And he's like, Miss James, what is wrong? I'm like, why? You're leaving? I'm like, I was coming here every day. You guys were keeping an eye on me. You were watching me. I felt like you were watching me every single day. So if there's any type of change, if anything was different, you guys would know it first, even though they weren't looking at all that. In my mind, they were. So I felt like sort of protected and secure. And then knowing that he's retiring, this was my last day. You know, nothing was the same anymore. I couldn't park in the same spots anymore. And the other doctor had canceled my appointment and I just fell apart that day for silly, silly reasons. Well, I mean, and, and you meant, so you mentioned that day as being hard. I know there were lots of hard days. I'm, I'm curious, what helped you get through those hard days? Um, it would have to be just the support of my family and my friends. So I didn't, um, after, you know, I told my husband, I, you know, a couple of my coworkers and my really, really close girlfriends. Well, I have, hadn't even told my children, um, other than, you know, my husband and my friends knew, but because I was so scared, I didn't know how to tell them without scaring them even though my son is he was 33 at 32 at the time and my daughter was 18 at the time but um still didn't want to scare them you know that's like the most frightening thing so when we finally told him uh, my husband I started talking and he sort of took over he was like you know you're gonna scare them <laughs> so let me and he put a more way more positive spin on it like okay this is what's happening. Your mom is going to have to have surgery. The surgery is going to take care of everything. She's going to be fine afterwards, but we have to take this step in order for her to get, you know, to the other side of it. And, you know, thank God he did. So the, the kids, they, you know, they were scared and worried, but not as scared as if, if I had taken over the conversation mm-hmm. I would have been like, I can't but it was a lot better the way he handled it. So just that family support and my, um, Mother-in-law, she came up and she stayed with us when I had my surgery and took care of everything, helped us through it. My girlfriends, just that that whole family support. Because I just couldn't imagine not having anyone um, to just be with me and hold my hand and listen to me whine all the time, you know, complaining about going to radiation every day, even though it didn't take long. It was really quick, but just, you know, I have to drive up there every day, every single day. It wasn't bad at all, but I still found a way to sort of complain about it. <laughs> well, it probably helps you get through it as well. So I, I would imagine they were okay with that. 
So, so, so last question as someone intimately involved with breast cancer on so many levels, do you have any final advice that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, just as you mentioned in the intro, just that mammograms and the screenings are so important. Even though when I first started getting them, I was sort of getting them. I was younger just because I knew that, you know, as a woman, that's what I was supposed to do. Didn't really, really think of how important it was um, until I realized detecting this so early really, really saved my life. I said, I had waited until that next year. Who knows, you know, what stage it would have advanced to. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's a little, not even really painful. There's a little discomfort there, maybe a little bit of pain, but it's so worth it. So, so worth it. In every breast testing center that I've gone to, everyone is always so nice, so kind, so loving. So they're going to take really, really good care of you, no matter where you go. Yeah, that's right. So it's great. Great advice, Terry. Uh, thank you for, for being vulnerable. Thank you for being an inspiration. And thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much. I enjoyed talking with you. Thank you to Exact Sciences for supporting this Real Pink podcast. For more information about Exact Sciences, please visit their website at exactsciences.com. For more information about genomic testing in breast cancer, please visit www.coman.org. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.